What's up, Pistons fans? Just like the Pistons have been in the past, we're a shorthanded team tonight. Just two of us, me and Connie. Connie, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm fiending for some Pistons basketball. Uh, the, the Paris game didn't satisfy me at all. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was tough uh, playing a, one, one game this week, and that game was a complete blowout loss. Uh, no Amit today, no Gabe. They'll be rejoining us on next week's pod, so we're going to make do with just the two of us. A couple of things we want to get into. Uh, today, we're going to get into that Pistons game in Paris against the Bulls. Uh, we're going to touch on Isaiah Stewart news recently, and then we're going to do something different here today. We're going to do a redraft of the 2020, 21, and 22 picks for the top 10, and me and Kyle have some conversation. And obviously, Buffs on fans, we want your input. We want to see what you guys say in the comments. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, I hate to start with some negative news, but James Edwards tweeting today, Isaiah Stewart's shoulder will keep him out of the game on Monday against Milwaukee, and he'll be day-to-day after that. I'm kind of concerned because he didn't pass a test right before he was going to play. That kept him out a little bit longer, and then the jumper did not look anywhere near what like we've seen earlier in the season from Stu. Uh, are you concerned at all about Isaiah Stewart's injury here? Uh, short term, yeah. Uh, I like the jumper. You've seen a decline in attempts and makes. I wonder if the decline in attempts has something to do also with um, with Jalen Duran not being there as much, uh, filling him back more into the center, taking him out of that power forward spot. There was definitely more of an emphasis I felt like this past couple of weeks getting him the ball down low. You know, beating mismatches. You know, letting him go to work in the post a little bit. You know, it's a bad shot, but. Fine shot. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm not like long term concerned about it. It's a shoulder injury. People get nicked up. Stuff happens. Uh, maybe just take some time off because he, yeah, he is not shooting super well recently. And it, it, it probably has something to do with that. I, I can mess up your stuff. He was 0 for 4 against the Bulls, 0 for 3 versus the Knicks before that. So, I mean, I don't mind him sending some games. Like, especially since we have Jalen Dern back, we can kind of eat it. And uh, we got to catch the, the 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 Rockets, who are just on an absolute tear of <laughs> games. That's the game this week. You might win a game. Um, I guess the one positive, you touched on it for a second there, of Stuart missing time, is we're going to get a lot of Jalen Dern minutes. Um, him and Noel, they're only big, men's on the ro- only big men on the roster. So, I'm expecting 30, 35 plus minute games from uh, Jalen Duran, which could mean some freakish rebounding stat lines. But uh, let's dive into Pistons Bulls. As, as hard as it may be, um, the homecoming game for Killian Hayes did not go anywhere near how he would have liked. Um, I, I can't say anybody for anybody the game didn't go how they would have liked. Um, Hami. Yeah, two the two guys I I, I did like what I saw from uh, was was Hamadou 17 points off the bench again shot it really well and knows where he wants to get right to the basket. Uh, and during in 18 minutes, it was nice to have him join us. Good to have him back. 11 points, 12 rebounds. But other than that, I don't really want to. I don't want to be on this game too long. This one was an ugly watch from the get go. Really, um, I don't know if it's our guys being a little bit scared. I, I was hoping for some big things from Killian, but he put in one of his stinkiest performances. Yeah, Hami and JD were having like their own personal contest for a little bit there. They were throwing out some some very nice hammers. Uh, I will say I have I have a light theory. We are a younger team. Uh, I don't know how much like laws really in, uh, apply to you know NBA players, but the legal drinking age in France is is eighteen, where it's twenty one in the U.S. So I wonder, you know, some teams they go into Miami and they have the they have the the Florida flu or the L.A. flu. 
uh, we let a bunch of young 20 year olds with a lot of money loose in Paris for a week and told them they got one game for the week. Uh, you know, could have, could have contributed. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'll, t- I'll look for any root for an excuse right now. Cause that wasn't, that was not a good display. They were, yeah. They were just, they were just all like lazy. They were not getting back on defense. Uh, didn't seem like a lot other than Jalen Dern and Hamid Diallo who really were playing with some good energy. Every single one of Killian Hayes' jumpers, those threes, I swear they were online and short. Uh, you just plank <laughs> in front rim every time. Yeah, really uh, short. Just tough. Stu couldn't hit a shot that, you know, probably his injury. And then, yeah, I mean, I think the Bulls also, they came to play from, from the get-go. Um, they were very, like, they're more of the veteran team there. And they're like, okay, we're going to put on a show here. And in this one game that these 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 uh, these Frenchies get to go come watch us, Um and I, the Pistons just yeah they were not there to match it and they got they got beat bad yeah a lot of a lot of buckets off turnovers um and a lot of that it's just hustle but yeah it looks like DeMar DeRozan even Vooch for a while and Levine were just like come on let's put a show on out in Paris uh, we're gonna beat these young guys um yeah ugly game but one thing I, I did like for at least for the fans there were a lot of cool dunks that game um both sides Derek Jones Jr. had a couple of really nice lobs but I, I do think the fans other than the the competition of the game itself I think the fans got a pretty good show for it and it completely slid my mind I I forgot we played in Mexico City back when we in uh 2019 yeah, so <laughs> Adam was trying to ship us out all right so we won't stick on that one too long. Not a great, not a great watch whatsoever. Um, albeit a great experience for the Pistons to be in Paris. I'm sure it was a great experience for all the young players and something they'll look back on quite fondly. But just the two of us, so we're gonna be moving on pretty quickly. Let's get into the redrafts of 2020, 21, and 22. Connie, what year should we start with? Let's this back in time. Let's go 2020. 2020. All right, so just some we're gonna be going back and forth here, just with some ground rules. Other than that, I, I don't know. How much more will be into it? Um, I'm sure a conversation will be had. Uh, and again, we'd love to see your your engagement with this one, uh, Buffs on fans. So without further ado, let's get let's get right into it. Redraft 2020, Anthony Edwards is going number one. Uh, I can't really disagree with you there. Uh, some other guys have definitely been putting up some numbers, but I think just from like a physical profile and just the stuff that he does, I can't really, you know, make a reason for picking anybody else. Yeah, and if if one guy was to become a quote unquote superstar out of this draft, I would back Anthony Edwards to do it. Um, but this guy at number two, I expect to be an all star this year, and that's Tyrese Halliburton. I put I him know, up a few other I guys. We're going back and forth, but all right. Uh... Didn't you? Okay, my bad. You're right. We didn't go back and forth. From now on, I'll go back and forth. I had Halliburton that too. Well, I had Lamelo it too. Uh, I yeah. can. I see the. What's your reason for Halliburton? I give you mine for Lamelo. Yeah, so I mean Halliburton, first of all, leading the league in assists per game, 19 points a game, um, a very efficient shooter, and efficient maybe is just the word I'm looking for, um, because the the, the Hornets are not very good. Um, and Lamella Ball is very inefficient. Um, I, I have a few concerns about building a franchise around him. Um, I don't know how much you know you take into a redraft, but a uh, long injury list for Lamella Ball, but he's just one of those guys I'm not hundred percent sure you can build a franchise around and I think Halliburton is a guy you can build a franchise around better than the mellow ball. Uh I get that. Uh, I feel like Lamelo's definitely missed some time and he's on a unfortunately on a team that seems like they're trying to lose some games. 
Uh, had some unfortunate things in, in the offseason, too, losing his second-best player. Not really unfortunate. Second-best players did things that oh, shouldn't right, – Rightfully got him out of the Yeah, rightfully got him out of the league. But uh, I, I do think Lamella could be someone that could be an A1 on a team. He shoots 11 threes a game and shoots them at a pretty good clip. Uh, he's, he's just got – like uh, it's not really something I can really quantify – or say that, you know, it's, it's this number, it's this why you want LaMelo. He just has a certain, like, jazz to his game that, like, very, very – like, Halliburton plays fast. He's a great passer. He's he's my number three. I'll give it up. But uh, LaMelo just has, like, a certain thing to his game, like a, a sauce that I just I just really like. Yeah, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a swagger and a flair about him for sure. And it's so, just, like, an elite – like, it – Halliburton's a good passer. I think Lamella's a better passer. He gets less assists. It's, it's weird. In a way, I agree with you. He's he's more of a stylish passer, and he can make the, the better pass, I think. Like, he has the capability of making a more difficult pass. But I think Halliburton is a little bit more just, I don't know, fundamental than Lamella. Yeah, control of the game. knows Like, yeah, Halliburton's my number three. He's, uh, he's a fantastic player. Like, a long run, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – Halliburton ends up better than LaMelo. Yeah. Who's your number three? LaMelo? Yeah, so I have LaMelo Ball. So our top three is my – I go Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, and LaMelo Ball. And I'm just flipping Hallie and LaMelo. You're right. So we're not not too far off each other just yet. But I'm thinking now we might start to – start to differ a little bit after number four. I I still think we'll agree on number four here. I went with Tyrese Maxey. Ah, I went with Desmond Bain. All right. Just saying it right now, I forgot Desmond Bain. Okay. Yeah. Nevertheless, I, I I would have I can readjust my slides, so that won't that won't be a problem. I, I still take Tyrese Maxey at four over Desmond Bain. Okay. I'm Desmond Bain is about 21, 5, and 4 this game uh this season. He's shooting 43% from the three-point line. He's gotten better every single season. He's he's now pushed in more into an on-ball role. I think last year where John ja missed a good around good amount of time, and the and the Grizzlies actually had a better record with Ja out than with Ja in. Um, really gave him a bunch of time to develop, and he's came in as like a three point shooter, uh, like off guard, and like you would be, you'd probably be in good hands if he's your primary point guard. He's not because you know they have two other point guards on that team, but I think Desmond Bain is everything you want out of a guard right now. Yeah, and, and that's something we could probably say a lot about. Say a lot about. So that's something we can say about a lot of these people, um, is that if they were the main guy, they probably would be better. And that's something we will see as their career goes on. Obviously, just third year guys. Um, and I think Tyrese Maxey is someone you could absolutely say that about. Um, should they not have James Harden in the way he's playing right now? D'Anthony Melton, uh, Maxey's a a certified star in this league. Twenty one, three and four this year. Forty five, thirty nine. He seems taken. He seems to have taken a tremendous step um from last season uh he's got a just a great work effort work ethic i'm a, I'm a big tyrese maxi fan um putting him at number four wasn't much of a, a thought for me i had him really high up uh then who's your five what five you readjusted is now desmond bain and i, and I like the way that sits I, I got my five as as maxi as well yeah. or just another flip uh good good guard class 2020 very, very deep guard class yeah We'll see. If All right. really uh, this is where I noted the, the drop off. Significant the, drop off here. The top yeah. five is something, and then there's a drop off to like the next level. 
Uh, at six, I had Devin Vassell off of the Spurs. Uh, he's a he can he can shoot he can score. Uh, he's I think out right now, but nineteen, four and four, forty percent from three, like uh, a good size to him. He's got a high release on his jumper. He can get to different jump shots. Um, Spurs aren't very good, but I, I like their forward combination, and I, I I don't see why you wouldn't pick this up. Yeah, I, I actually went with Sell at six as well. I feel like he's kind of one of the more unheard of or not as popular guys in this draft class, despite being around a 20-point-per-game score at this young age. He's got a really nice just array of, of ways to score the basketball, um, if you watch the Spurs ever. Maybe, I, I can't say I watched him much, but maybe I watched two or three Devin Vassell games this year. Uh, and just looking at the box score, a pretty impressive guy. So we're doing pretty good throughout uh, our first top six, but surely now we got to start differentiating it but the good news is we can maybe start getting in some piston player territory because at seven I went Isaiah Stewart and I, I've spoken on how high I am in Isaiah Stewart and there's no reason I wouldn't change him here I went over Sadiq Bay. um I've got beef stew at seven I think he provides so many things and I think on a good team he'll provide so many things yeah I mean, we've, we've talked all about Isaiah Stewart uh I have Jalen Mc, Jaden Mc, Jaden McDaniels, sorry, not okay. Jalen McDaniels. So Jaden yeah. McDaniels of the Timberwolves, big long forward. Uh, I think an exceptional defender. Uh, covers a lot of space. He shoots it at a pretty good clip, which is something you want. Um, maybe has performed a little bit. I think a little underperformed compared to what I thought he would do this season. But uh, a really good defensive stopper. Someone you could really, I think, plug in most any place just because he plays hard and is smart and strong and big and is yeah which is what you want to defend it gave lucas some problems in their in their in their previous game yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of length on him very good defender and they need that out in minnesota so he's got his role defined there should we move on to eight then yeah i kept the piston theme going and i really couldn't think of anybody anybody better than sadiq bay and i went with sadiq bay at number eight i had i had stu Say all the reasons that you just said. Um, Bay, I will say, is not in my top 10. All right. Uh, I might be a little further down on Bay than some other people. We talked about it a little bit in the pod with, with Andrew. Um, he's just has never had a season where he's been overly efficient or like really the efficiency level that you'd want from like a third guy bucket getter. Like he never really puts up the numbers that you want to see. It's it's It seems more hypothetical than uh actual yeah fair enough uh who's your number eight uh isaiah stewart that's right for the same stewart. reasons uh he's going to be in the league for a while just with the heart that he plays with the level of effort that he plays with uh, his shooting or his shooting the season not recently obviously but um yeah he's gonna be a guy that sticks all right keep it your way from number nine then uh killian hayes Woo! Yeah, I, I I was looking at all the guys. Uh, I was looking at the guys that I kept off. The guys that I kept off the top ten: Bay, Josh Green, Trey Jones, Isaiah Joe. I couldn't uh, bring myself to put them underneath any of those guys. So I think the way that he's been playing recently, he deserves you know late lottery. And I guess if you are doing a, a draft, a redraft, you plan for the future a little bit, which perhaps will play to killing his favor. I love that, though. I, I can't say I was expecting that from you. Um, 
my nine was Onyeka Okengwu. Um, I, I think he's a, a really good rim protector. I think he's going to be one of the better rim protectors in the league for, for quite some time. Uh, once the Hawks eventually do move off of Clint Capella. Uh, I like Onyeka Okengwu a lot. Um, enough to put him over Killian Hayes in the redraft and some other guys for now. Um, he took my penultimate stop spot in the top 10 here. Yeah, Okongwu, good athlete, smart guy, seems like a good passer, good hands, uh, has had a couple of mean blocks and mean put back dunks. Um, he reminds me of Stu a little bit, uh, like maybe different areas of the floor more where they operate kind of a smaller role for Okongwu because he's like a backup center and only because they have a veteran center and uh, their point guards are very ball dominant, but would be mad with him on my team. Yeah, solid young player. And that's number nine, though. This is number 10 for our final redraft. Um, we'll say our 10, we'll say some honorable mentions, and me and Connie will both go through and say our top 10 to, to see what you guys think. My number 10 was Killian Hayes. Uh, you know I wasn't leaving Killian off his list. I'm just surprised I had him lower than you. Uh, my three honorable mentions, Cole Anthony, who I feel kind of hard done for by. He's, he's a very good scorer. Um, Obi Toppin, but just haven't seen enough out of him playing under Thibodeau, and then Patrick Williams um, is a pretty solid player, but I went Killian Hayes at 10. Who do you got? Uh, I went Okongwu. Again, we just talked about him. Did you have McDaniels on your on your top 10? No, I did not have McDaniels on my top 10. Good. Uh, yeah, my my honorable mentions, Josh Green, uh, Trey Jones for the Spurs, I feel like he's been coming yeah. on, and uh, Isaiah Joe, who got dropped by the 76ers and is now shooting the cover off the ball for the OKC Thunder. I think he was like seven for 12 or something the other night. Uh, he can let you do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so just running through them, I'll go real quick. What I had one through 10, I had in a 2020 NBA redraft. I had Anthony Edwards first, Halliburton second, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain, Devin Vassell. Then I went with Stewart at seven, Sadiq Bay at eight, and I finished Onyeka Okengwu and Killian Hayes at 10. All right. I went Aunt Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Desmond Bain, Tyrese Maxey, Devin Vassell, McDaniels, Stu, Hayes, and Okongwu. So we pretty much had this the same list, except I had McDaniels on there and you had Bay on there. And then we flipped some things. Yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised to see how, how even that was. And can't reiterate this enough, guys. Please, uh, we encourage you guys, want to see what you guys think. If there's any, any other guys you value higher than others uh, in that 2020 draft. But Let's just keep rolling while we're rolling. Should we hop right in 2021? Let's do it. Big controversial one here. And number one, you know, I'll, I'll let you go first. I don't think there's much debate about this. One step. I went Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I went uh, Kate Cunningham. Like, I, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of people that aren't Pistons fans saying that, but I, I, I fully believe that, I mean, it's a guards league. You want people that can create a one, and I think it could be that. Uh, the stuff that he has shown us, uh, maybe the three-pointer is not what we want it to be, but it's also like a second-year player. So, you know, things, yeah. things develop. But everything else, the passing, the vision, the leadership, the the mid-range jump shot, the finishing around the basket, the size, the strength. Uh, the recent article that just came out now since his injury apparently has gotten even bigger and stronger. Yeah. Um and the other thing, which I don't think we touched on in the last pod, was uh, that he's been dealing with that shin injury apparently since high school. So he went through the whole high school process, the college process, became a number one NBA draft pick while dealing with these 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 stress these stress issues in the in his in his shin. Um, yeah, yeah. That, was, 
that was the one grain of, of good news we got from the uh, from Cade being out uh, when James Edwards said that he's been dealing with that for so long. I, I obviously, as Pistons fans, we're, we're very biased, but I do think Cade has the most it factor about him from these guys. I think he's the most sure thing to become a genuine superstar um, just because some injuries and some setbacks. Like, I don't think that that's gone out of the equation yet. I, I can't wait for his revenge tour. I will uh, say uh, the last time that I talked myself into a Pistons player playing better because they got an injury taken care of was Andre Drummond getting his deviated septum fixed. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's going to start hustling so much harder now that he can breathe. Uh, I was wrong about that. But this a deviated septum is much less than stress fractures in your shin. So yeah, a stress fracture in your shin will, will do you, yeah. And Kate's a lot better than, than Drummond. I think that's pretty easy to tell so far. But number two, you know, I think one through three will be the same players. Uh, maybe a little different variation, but number two, I went Evan Mobley. Um, I think he's the second, like, after Kate, he's the guy. That's why I'm at number two, obviously. He's the guy that you most build a franchise around. Uh, maybe using a little bit of recency bias. He had a monster night for a, in a win in Cleveland a few nights ago. I like Evan Mobley. I love how he can protect the rim, stretch the floor, and be a four, um, but also obviously could probably be a five in the future. Kind of like, kind of got an Anthony Davis type of build going around him. Um, I think he's going to be good for a long, long time, and, and Cleveland's got to start with him. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like I've been hearing a lot of Mobley negativity uh, this year, maybe because he's not shooting the three super well. But just from a – like, if you just look defense alone, uh, he is – he's different. He covers so much space. He's so smart with his with his switches and his reads and seeing what's it, what the offense is going to bring him and being in the right place at the right time and also being long is all hell. Uh, he's got a soft touch, good passer out of the post. Uh, he's, he's just like – he's a good player. And he's a good player who I think could become a great player. Um, so yeah, Mobley at number two is was a pretty which was a no brainer for me. Yeah, I forecast a, a significant jump in in all of his production over the next few years. Yeah, they've got Mitchell right now, and he'll be a perfect third fourth guy uh, for the meantime while they're in this championship contend. I guess I don't I mean, know, yeah. maybe some dark horse contenders. Um, but he's that, should yeah. eventually. Go ahead, sorry. His stats are down. He's taking a backseat to some other guys, but he's also like twenty one. So like we got yeah. like eight years before like we see like prime of his career mobley might be a totally different guy than what we're seeing yeah it, it could be scary i was taking a lower role with with donovan mitchell here now but let's keep it moving number three who you got uh, you said that we'd have the the redraft pretty similar i said um i'm kicking one guy out of the top three and i'm taking franz wagner all right um he's just been i think a revelation he's good at like everything uh, like there's no like, like there's no weak spots to his game really he's he's got a handle he can take the ball up play like off point guard um he's six foot ten <laughs> he, he athletic shoots threes plays with him is a good slasher good cutter good with the ball good without the ball i think that forward combination of 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 paulo wagner is going to be spooky spooky in the future like a Almost like if you put the push the positions down one of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, where they're like a two three and a three four, they're like a three four and a four five, and they just have these huge wings. And yeah, Magic looking scary with those guys. Yeah, Magic have a, a very very good young core. Um, if they get a little lucky with the the lottery balls again this year, they might have a a potential dynasty coming their way. But my number three, 
I still went Scotty Barnes. I know he's having a bit of a down year right now, so it'd be easy to exclude him from this list, but still averaging 15 and a half, seven and five, shooting 46 and 30% from three. Not very good there, but what Scotty Barnes brings, it's, I mean, it's evident he's still a guy you could probably build a franchise around. Um, fantastic defender, uh, a very good slasher and cutter. I'm not worried about Scotty Barnes, um, I guess, lack of production this year, even though it's it's statistically still a good season. He had a very slow start. He's getting going again. Um, I'm still very high on Scotty Barnes. Um, in a redraft, I I wouldn't hesitate to take him at three again. Or yeah, at three. I, I guess I've taken Wagner. Uh, no, not against Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is my four, but more that I just love Wagner. I think Barnes is being handicapped a little bit by his team, and it's something I'm honestly a little bit glad about. Like two years ago, last year too, um, people were just all over like the Toronto Raptors are changing the game, man. They're going to change basketball forever. They're playing all six, eight guys, all forwards. And uh, I'm very much enjoying that it is not working out for them because we play in this in a copycat league. And if one team has all six, eight guys that are the same, then every team's going to try and do that. And I think, you know, I love variants. I love different player types. I like goofy player types. And I think just them seeing that, like, whoa, you actually need good point guard play to to win games. And they've been trying to stuff Barnes in as, like, a small ball center sometimes, make him play the point guard sometimes. Uh, it's hurting his stats a little bit, but I think long-term will, like, opening, sorry, opening him up to these different types of, of play. Uh, good for his future. Bad for his present. But, Yeah. yeah. I've I've heard a couple of Raptors fans complain about not running point guards. Like when Van Vliet is out, they do run Scotty Barnes at point guard. And I've seen just a few, a few Raptor fans be a bit upset about that, that they're not using Scotty Barnes to the most of their ability, but moving on to number four, you, you said you went Scotty at four. I did. Yeah. And I, I went, I went Franz Wagner at four. So still pretty, still pretty similar here. Other than a few switches and I'll let you go right to five. Uh, five, Josh Green. Uh, and not Josh Green, Jalen Green. Okay, I figure. Um, just has just unreal scoring capability for such a young guy. Uh, it really can absolutely torch a team. Crazy athleticism, shiftiness, a bag, a deep bag. Um, just like Barnes, I think he's kind of being handicapped by his team right now, which is also partially fully his fault. Um, because if he had like a higher B ball IQ, I think I'd probably have him at like one or two. But that Rockets team is. I don't know, like a pickup basketball team, I guess. Um, a green on a different, like more strongly organized team might be like truly special, but like there's a lot of like laziness on defense and just disgusting offensive possessions that you push them down a little bit. But I just like the net, the, the skills and the talent and the natural gifts, I can't have them below five. Yeah, I was struggling with this one because Jalen Green is evidently so skilled. He can give you – he can explode for 30, 40 points any given night. But there are a lot of negatives that go with him and the team he's around right now. Um, Houston, I don't know what's going on right now with them. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. is not exactly panning out so far. A few negative – more than a few negative vibes going on around there. But I couldn't not have Green top five. Um so I, it was a very close between five and six for me, but I, I agree with you on that one. I had Jalen Green at five as well. Um, and I'll go I'll go right into my number six because I almost had him at number five, um, and he's been playing some fantastic basketball recently. That's Josh Giddy. Uh, I, I really like Giddy's game. He's a solid defender, does a little bit of everything. Um, he's got a nice got a nice playmaking archetype. 
Uh, I wish I had the last, I don't know, five or six game splits in front of me right now. Josh Giddy's been on a tear recently, but still for the season, averaging 16, 8, and 6, um, which just speaks to how he does a little bit of everything. Went Giddy at 6, just barely behind Green at 5. Yeah, they got the they got the shooting coach, right? Chip England, what's that name? From the from the Spurs. They they signed the uh, OKC has him now, and he's clearly been doing his magic with, with Josh Giddy. Yeah. Uh I saw someone say that Josh Giddy plays like a 45-year-old LeBron James, and I thought that was very, very apt. Like uh the bag doesn't feel super deep. He just kind of gets to a spot, makes a good pass, like does a little bit of everything. Sort of like he's like a LeBron James without the elite, elite athleticism is how I see it. Um, so, yeah, he's an old LeBron, and that's a damn good player. So is our five and six agreeable? We both went green yeah. and five, giddy six. Green and giddy, GG. All right. Well, then let's see who you got. Who you got at seven? At seven, I wanted to put him at six, but I thought Giddy's just been having a really good season. I, I got Sengun, Alfred Sengun. Uh Another guy who I think is fallen victim to like that just really unorganized Rockets team. I think he's probably the Rockets' best player right now. Uh, he just has like unreal footwork passing. He he is a shorter Jokic, um, which is a good ass player. Uh, defensively, being a shorter Jokic is is not it's not great. They say the same things about him that they do about him, that about about Jokic. They say. You know, he's smart. He knows where to be. He's got good hands, but that only goes so far when you're like six foot nine and pretty slow. So he can definitely get eaten up on, on, on the defensive end, but offensively he's, um, he's as good as anybody, honestly, like the things he can do, the passes he makes, the efficiency he gets buckets with, uh, he can make some guys look really foolish. Yeah. And you speak of that Jokicness, he, he shoots 57% from the field. So he gets to similar spots and he, he scores from similar spots. I, I actually also had Shingun at seven. Um, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he put three in a row there. Um, I really like Alfred Shingun. He's been on a tear recently, and I think it was Luka Doncic after they after they beat him. After it was in the midst Luka's like 50 point game stretch, he said that the Rockets need to build around Shingun, uh, and maybe maybe that is true. Maybe that's with good reason because recently he's been on a tear and he's he's claimed that starting five spot um, to be his and nobody else's for Houston. Uh, I, I'm glad we're in agreement there. And wouldn't surprise me if we, we stay in agreement now. Now I'm feeling good. Uh, my number eight, then, I went with Bones Highland. Ooh, all right. What, why? I think, well, A, the Nuggets are fantastic, and he kind of has a great role there where he's he's kind of like the sixth man, and he, score, he scores a lot. He's a fun player to watch, uh, Bones Highland. Uh, fantastic crossover on him. Um, super fast, good shooter of the ball. Uh, almost 13 a game, shooting 39% from deep just a fun player to watch. And honestly, just the players below him that I have below him, I, I just don't think are as good as, as Bones Highland. So I went Bones at eight. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bones is on my list a little later down. Uh, just that the, the Nuggets seem to fall off or not seem to, they do fall off with Yogi Chan on the court, which, you know, isn't really saying much because, you know, you take away the best player in the NBA probably. And the team gets worse. That makes sense. Um, there's just some stuff about him. You know, he's... Yeah, I, I like him. I just like my at my eight, I had Trey Murphy. Uh, he just he seems like what everything you want from wing. He he's much more athletic than I thought he was. Uh, he gets some good dunks, but his main thing is he he can shoot and he can shoot from like range range. 
which is what you want. Because um, the further out you can, the further out you can space a defense, the more you make a defense work, uh, the better it is. So I always think there's a difference between being able to shoot threes and being able to shoot threes from a gap because those like two, three more feet is another like half second when the ball rotates to where the defender had to get somewhere. So I really value Trey Murphy as someone that opens up the floor and, you know, can also actually really do something. He's up, he's up seven points a game from his rookie year. And I, I can, I see him continuing to get better. You know, he holds that spot for when like the, the Pelicans, they get injured all the time. They haven't really had their full roster and, and Trey Murphy's taken a lot of that load and he's done a good job with it. Yeah, he, he's part of the reason why they are still having such a good record with Zion and Ingram missing a lot of time. I, I went Trey, Trey Murphy at nine, so we're not far off there. Um, it, impossible to keep him off this list. I almost had him eight as well, but um, just put him below point, just put him below bones. But seven foot wingspan, he, he's really long, and yeah, he can shoot from anywhere. Um, no brainer for me at nine. Um, at nine, I got Chris Duarte uh, out out this seat out right now with an injury. Um, Came in as a little bit of an older player, but uh, has shown he can score and shoot as a guard and is, gonna, I think, going to be around for a minute. You know, he's got the advantage of being 25 over a lot of these other guys, but he's somebody I'd keep around. Too. Yeah, he he had a fantastic rookie year. Um, I think it was around around 13 a game or something for Chris Duarte. Uh, instantly came in and provided what he was advertised for, and that's three-point shooting. and. If you can shoot the three ball very well, you'll be in the league for a while. Um, I, I didn't have him on my top 10 um, because at number 10, I went with Ayo Dasumu, who's kind of carved up the starting role with Lonzo Ball out this year um, for Chicago. And he does a pretty good job, a very, very good defender. He kind of burst onto the scene after being a second round draft pick um, his, for, in his rookie year. And that took people by surprise. And he's kept, you know, kept linear improvement here this season. He, he's taken a few leaps. Um, obviously the Bulls record isn't as good this year, um, but I, I, it's hard to place, place that blame on him just because he's the one starting in, in Lonzo Ball's, uh, in, his, in his absence, but I would assume what I think still provides a lot for teams uh, on both sides of the ball. I, I took him at number 10. Yeah, I assume, I think, good player. Yeah, I can't really argue with your 10. I had Bones Highland at 10 um, for all the reasons you had him at 8 just a little bit lower. Uh, he can do a lot. I think he's going to continue to get better. He's a super fun player to watch. It's a super fun player to just root for, you know? Like, the, the energy he plays for, the swagger he plays for, I, I want to I see him succeed. Um, yeah. I realize no Kaminga for either of us. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he's playing in the position right now to, to be on here. If this question was asked maybe, I don't know, six, eight months ago or something, I probably would have found a way to get in my top ten. But just not playing enough at any kind of level right now for me to throw him on this list. True. Any other notable guys um, you had left off? Honestly, the top ten wasn't too difficult for me for this time. Um, I didn't feel like I was leaving off any 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 crazy names. No, that's yeah, that's about it. All right, so two down, twenty twenty and twenty one. Just run real quick one time. I had at number one in the twenty twenty redraft. I had Cade. Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, Jalen Green, that was five. And then six through 10 went Giddy, Shangoon, Bones Highland, Trey Murphy, and Iota Sunmu for me. Uh, pretty similar for me. I went Cade, Mobley, Wagner, Barnes, and then at five through 10, Green, Giddy, Sangoon, Murphy, Duarte, and Bones Highland. All right. 
But now, now we go on to 2022. Obviously, the most recent draft, and which obviously means we haven't seen these players enough. Yeah, it's too soon to be saying. Which that. means our ladders will probably change drastically. Um, and there'll be a few interesting ones in here. Obviously, you know, a guy like Chet Hongrum hasn't played this season. Where would he go? Um, so let's jump right into it. Number one is is a no-brainer. Uh, the rookie of the year this year. It's gonna be Paolo Banquero. Sam. Yeah, he's just been everything that he was marked up to be. Uh super big, quick, strong, ball handler. Like he is just uh he's good. He's he's flat out good. He I didn't I didn't see this this much success coming right away. I expect him to be good, obviously, but to be a constant 25 point per game threat every single time. Um, I, I thought it was a bit, you know, ahead of schedule for me. Very impressive. Uh, now, so no brainers. We go Paolo at one, but he is still pretty inefficient. Um, but yeah, usually big man, he's only 44% from the field, 31 from three. Um, that is probably because there's a lot on his shoulders. He's taking a lot of shots, but like his his bag when the when the when the magic get more filled out and he he continues to score like the baseline of what his bag is is so deep already and it's so obviously like a winning player yeah he's he's gonna be around for a long long time um who'd you go at number two obviously this was a, a question a controversial one in real life and now in a redraft it gets even more controversial i'm staying with chet uh i think the thunder with their like there's they have certain lineups where they plug different bigs in and every single time it's good uh like with shea and giddy when they play the shea giddy jalen green and uh, one other person lineup no matter what big they put in there it's good because they're long smart and defensively minded and i think if you plug chet in there this thunder team that's at the bottom of the playoffs right now playing ter- like territory i think will be a top seed top six seed type team because he is I mean from what we think he is uh I think he's going to fit in perfectly um I like I can't really say one way or the other but I would still say Chet just off of what it could be yeah and for all those reasons I said Chet number two as well um I I don't think okay see would would think too much about this one especially because they're still like a decent basketball they're winning a few games right now um and you throw Chet into that and maybe they could be even better right now you really just you really hate to see that that injury, and you hope he can he can stay healthy for his official rookie year. Then uh, I'll go on right into number three. Then um, now it got tough for me because statistically, other people may be having a better season, but I still went Jaden Ivy at three. Um, my piston bias fully coming in right here. Um, but Ivy, like we talked about, Kate having that it factor. Ivy has that as well. Um, it's notable. It's you can see it when you watch him. He just something different about him um it's it's the the jaw-dropping speed and athleticism that I think can just still make him a star above these other guys I went Jaden Ivy at three for that reason uh I went Ivy as well uh for the same reasons you said and also he seems to have a a great passion for the game and he gets like upset and mad when things don't go right and like he's trying new things and sometimes they're a mistake but he doesn't let those mistakes stick. And it's definitely, I'm sure, Pistons bias. He has a different fan base. They'd probably give you a different answer. But I don't feel bad about going Ivy. Right on. Keep it rolling, then. Who do you got at four? Uh, at four, I got Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, he's starting to put it together a little bit more, starting to hit his shots. I think I keep saying it for every single Rockets guy. I think he's been hindered by the system that he's in. Uh, a team of, of guards that don't really like to pass for a, a power forward that's 
mainly set up by other people rather than getting his own shot. Um, I think on any other team, he'd probably be a more valuable player. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. There's no question about that. He is an outstanding defender. Like, he's he, he can really defend. Um, I think he's more valuable to 29 teams than he is to the Houston Rockets, just the way that they play and the way that other teams play. If you put him in any competent offense, I think he'd be a 20, he might be a 20-point-per-game guy just feasting off of what other people do. Um, that's that's a guy I'd want for any team in the NBA and uh, a guy I still see a very bright future for. A championship-type player. Yeah, the, he's got the prototype build for a championship player, isn't it? A fantastic defensive ability. And then he's a good, solid frame, good, nice and tall for a power forward and a very good three-point shooter. Um, but at number four, I went with Benedict Matherin. He kind of he jumped out into the scene super hot. Um, I guess the bar was set really high for him. Kind of hard to keep that up, but... Still, when you look at it, averaging over 17 a game, uh, four rebounds, just just a bundle of of, of offense, uh, freakish athleticism. He can score on all three levels. Uh, very fun player to watch. He came out of the gates flying um, and really like Indiana has a gem in him. Uh, I like Benedict Mathurin. I took him at four. Uh, I took Ben Math at five. Just, I would have taken him higher, but... Over December and January, he's been shooting under 30% from three, which is something that he came out with really strong. Uh, it doesn't look as good without, like, Tyrese Halliburton there, who is their point guard and offensive engine. Now, again, this is rookie year. If I was a Pacers fan, I'd be like, hold your horses. We've seen it. Um, so, still very high hopes for Ben Math. I think he's going to be really good. But, yeah, kind of five. Yeah, and then my number five was Keegan Murray. Uh nearly fitting um but Keegan Murray's been I guess kind of advertised this season um people said he'd be good right away but his ceiling is probably a bit lower than some of the guys around him and I, so far it's been exactly that um he's provided a lot of steadiness for the Kings um good mid-range shooting good three-point shooting and the Kings they're up to what third fourth in the west now uh winning a lot of games with Keegan Murray being a big part of that so it was hard for me not to take Keegan Murray at five yeah, I got Keegan at six. Uh, he's just somebody that can find points. Uh, I think you could. I think he's another guy that you could put most on most teams because he doesn't demand the ball, but he can still score. Uh, sort of like a TJ Warren type. Like you can just he just kind of finds field goals, like moving off the ball, seeing the offense, like getting his own stuff every once in a while. Um, yeah, he's he's I think going to be what like a lot of uh, like I watch a lot of the other commentators on Pistons games and they describe Alec Burks as a professional scorer. Um, I think that's something Keegan Murray could be right on. And I don't, I don't know for whatever reason, but when I was making my list, Keegan Murray resembles to me like what Danny Granger used to be. I, I, I never experienced much of Danny Granger with obviously with his injuries and then and then uh, just my basketball fandom timeline. but. I don't know why. I just have a connection between those two people that I think are are very similar. Um, but I'm going to hop in real quick at number six and say Jabari Smith Jr. Um, a lot of the same guys we have here. Honestly, you could you could move up Smith Jr., Murray, and Matherin. I think they could move those three spots. Um, and honestly, it'd be fair either way. But just because of the way, I guess, the Rockets season has gone so far and the way Smith Jr. started, um, I, I take Jabari outside the top five at number six. Uh, number seven, I have J-Dub, Jalen Williams, the guard Jalen Williams on the OKC Thunder. They have two out of Santa Clara. He's just um super smart player. Like, everything he does seems like it's 
the right move. He looks like a veteran, but he is a a, a younger guy. Um, he's somebody that I wanted the Pistons to draft in college. He reminded me of like uh, a poor man's Cade Cunningham, and it seems pretty similar. Like now, he's a smart guy, knows how to win, knows how to play, and it's been a huge asset to that OKC team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't go into this one much further because I actually went with the same player as well. Guard Jalen Williams um, playing some great ball for this, this OKC team that again, that I touched on a second ago, they're pretty decent. They're sniffing around 500. Um, and obviously with that compact Western conference, they could make a run up, but more likely they will be uh, finding some suspicious injuries to shake Gilles Alexander in the second half of the season. So we agree on number seven, number eight, I went with Jalen Duran. Um, and it's the flashes for me. You know, the monstrous 18, what whatever rebound games are, the monstrous dunks. Uh, seeing a little bit of that jumper, he hit one in Paris. Um, I think I always think the sky's the limit with Jalen Duran. Um, young freak. Um, honestly, could easily have him higher in this list. We do this draft, we do this redraft a few years from now. Duran could be way, way higher. Uh, huge Duran guy, number eight for me. Uh, yeah, also have JD. It's a pretty boring redraft if we agree on everything. But um, just the athleticism, um, not just the strength, but the speed, the ability to sometimes switch out or to come up to the point of attack on the screen and force a man back, you know, the foot speed uh, to stick with a guard in those type of situations. And then, yeah, just the, the hops, the strength, just the otherworldly athleticism. We're seeing a little bit of like jump shooting, just around the hoop, some nice little dinkers and dumpers. Uh, the passing ability is more than I more was more than what was advertised. I feel like um, he's a guy who is good now, and I could see avenues for growth to become very good. Yeah, I would stay yeah. with JD as well. Absolutely. Uh, let's keep it moving. Then, who you got at nine? Uh, the other center that's arguably better than him right now, but also older, Walker Kessler. Uh, just a shot blocking machine, really just what you want out of a big, really. Like he's a little bit older, but he's good around the basket, good hands, blocks shots, plays hard, gets boards. Like it's, 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 it's debatable if you would put him over Jalen Duren in a redraft. I would also put Duren because he's, um he's younger, but Walker Kessler is a hell of a center. I was hoping for some more controversy and some more conversation in this, but <laughs> I went Walker Kessler at nine as well. The, the only thing I, I'm missing about this is I wish Gabe was here for this one. I, that was certainly of a, a cost some controversy because he would have been way higher up. On, yeah, he's probably got him at like one. <laughs> but I, I went I went Kessler at nine. Yeah, everything you said, you know, I, I see people on social media posting about, is he already better than Gobert right now after that trade? Probably not right now, but a fantastic shot blocker, Walker Kessler. Um, good player you to have in him. And then number 10, could be a lot of people on this list, but just for pure potential, uh, I went Shaden Sharp. Wow, boring list, huh? I also went Shaden <laughs> Sharp. I mean, uh, he's a guy who can put his head at the rim with <laughs> seemingly pretty pretty easily. Uh, he has some Jalen Green qualities to him. Uh, and like not as much what we've seen on the – trailblazers because he is like deep in the guard rotation but like from his high school stuff and uh aau stuff um yeah i'm excited to see what it'd be this is a project pick for me right here that's why i would take him yeah hands down there's, there's no reason you don't gamble on him like like portland did 
But uh, 2022, our most successful one, I believe just four, five, and six, we had flipped around. But other than that, all on the same page of 2022. Who are your honorable mentions for, for 2022? I had three guys. Who do you have? I didn't, I didn't have any. Uh, Jeremy Sohan from the Spurs, I think, has been coming on recently. I really like that he's adapt, adopted a uh, single-handed free throw and has upped his percentage pretty significantly off that, you know, kind of eaten the – the embarrassment off that, which I respect. And uh, then Dyson Daniels and AJ Griffin. Uh, I think some good guards out of this class. I think they could, we could look up and they, they'll they be in that redraft in a couple of years. Yeah, I completely agree with you. AJ Griffin's been a pretty good pickup for the Hawks this season. Um, I like David Roddy out of Memphis. Um, he's, he seems to be like a pretty solid player. Um, I like the other Jalen Williams. But other than that, I, I, yeah, I, I think the top 10 set for me. I, w- I wouldn't really consider changing anything. And so there you guys have it. That is the 2020, 21, and 2022 redraft done by me, Valley, and Connie. Let us know what you guys think. I- I'd love to get your engagement on this. And before we sign off here, guys, of course, this is a Pistons pod. <laughs> Let's not forget about it. We got three games coming up this week before we say goodbye, guys. We got the Bucks tomorrow. We got the shorthanded Nets on Thursday. And then the guys who were mentioned many times in this podcast, and we made fun of them, the Houston Rockets on Saturday. So a potential for some wins, uh, just noting on Milwaukee tomorrow, just as of like an hour ago, Chris Middleton and Giannis, who have not played for a while, uh, both probable to return, knowing our luck. Uh, Nets will still be without Kevin Durant. So it's a winnable week for me. I, I think... I think we win one game and I think it's Houston. Uh not gonna overcomplicate things. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict one and two this week. Yeah, I'm going one and two too. Uh if the Bucks didn't have Chris Milton and Giannis, I think they'd still beat us. Their system just destroys us every time, taking away every shot at the rim with Brooke Lopez and top threes as well. Um the Nets, I think Kyrie might cook us. Uh, yeah, I'm going one to three as well. We're either beating the Nets or the Rockets, probably the Rockets because, you know, they're the Rockets. Hope so, because uh, we called them a dysfunctional franchise multiple times on this pod. Well, guys, uh, thanks for sticking around again for the shorthanded crew. Appreciate it. We'll be back to a full strength squad next Sunday. But until next time, guys, the future is bright. So throw the buffs on. Yay!